Good evening. Thanks for joining us here on Nighttime. This is Dave Wager, your host. And for the next half hour, I hope that we can say some things that will help you put perspective in life. You got to remember, God is older than you and smarter than you and loves you. You can trust him. Of course, if you're ignoring God, that's not very helpful. But if you're enjoying him today and loving him, there's hope for you. I was thinking about personal responsibility to point out the obvious evil that you see. And how responsible am I for doing that? This seems to be somewhat of a difficult topic in that it seems as though we don't want to really tell on anybody. We don't want to correct anybody. We don't want to assume that we know more than somebody or say something that will make them think that we're acting superior or smarter or wiser. Yet there are some obvious wrongs that take place in life. And if we see them and we love the people that are involved, we're obligated to talk to them about it. If we don't love them, then we're not living as we ought to. As we work with young people, it's obvious that young people really do not want to tell on their peers. They don't want to turn them in. They don't want to talk about if they're doing something wrong. They don't want to be judgmental. But how can anybody anywhere watch somebody destroy themselves and say nothing? Either they do not love or they are not convinced that God's ways are right. In the book of Ezekiel, the 33rd chapter, there's a passage I would like to read. I normally don't read this big of a passage during night time, but I think I'll make the exception tonight. It's Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 9. Ezekiel is Israel's watchman somebody who was to watch over the people. The great tragedy here is that the people won't listen. The book of Ezekiel is one of those that, to me, is one of the saddest books in the Bible. It's as if God went to Ezekiel and said, Ezekiel, I want you to go tell the people this and this and that and nobody's going to listen to you anyway. But go do it anyway. I know if I was Ezekiel, I would be confused, but obedient. Not because I understood the command of God, but because God made his 
command clear. And I know that he's older than me and smarter than me and loves me. I know I can trust him. I just can't always understand him. Well, in the 33rd chapter, while Ezekiel is Israel's watchman, it says this, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring the sword upon the land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, Then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take the warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. Verse 6, but if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but the blood, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. The responsibility here seems obvious to me. Very simply stated, Ezekiel's being told that a watchman has a job, and his job is to watch. And if the watchman sees something that isn't right, the watchman's job is to warn people that something is not right. Because the watchman has that responsibility. Being one who has been in education all my life and watched young people work in various areas, so often I see somebody watch somebody else do something wrong and not correct them because they don't want to hurt their feelings. I remember there was a time where there were two young men who were together and one of them decided to take an overdose of 
some over-the-counter medication that would cause them to have a certain high that they were looking for. They thought that they had calculated it out perfectly, how many pills to take and how often. And he was with his friend that night and watched him take these pills. After he took the pills, his friend got up and walked away and went to his residence and went to sleep. The next morning, we had to rush the person who had taken the pills to the emergency room. They didn't die, but it was something that wasn't good at all. I remember talking to the friend of this person and inquiring, did you watch this person take these pills? Yes, was the answer. And you watched them slip into this unbelievable state that they were in? Yes. And you left and went to sleep? Yes. He's my friend. I wouldn't want to rat on him. I couldn't help but think how depraved we are. To think that I could watch somebody that I would consider a friend destroy themselves and say nothing because of my friendship. I tell you, that would demand for me a rewrite of the word friendship and what it means. In many respects, though, I would hold the one who watched equally at fault as the one who took the pills. The one who watched could have done something about it, could have stopped him from taking the pills and could have reported him to authorities to have it stop before the tragedy would have gotten as bad as it did. The one who took the pills is obviously wrong. You know, Ezekiel makes it very clear that the watchman's job is to watch. It isn't the school's job or the church's job or in a family, it's the parent's job. As much as we don't want to have hard conversations with our children, we need to. We need to know what they're thinking and how they're thinking. We need to know what to talk to them about. We need to see that the evil in their life is exposed, not to beat them up, but so that they have a chance to repent and see what God says. We need to live our lives in a way that's compelling. It shows them how a relationship with God is accomplished, how loving God and loving our spouses is something that is a normal part of life, how purity is something that we value. We have to show them those things. 
And when we see people stray from the way of God, we need to be able to tell them this is not going to work because we love them. You know, anybody that uses the Bible or their authority or their power because they are just power mongers and they just want authority is wrong. The only way that you can use the truth is in love. And we need to use the truth only in love. In other words, the motive for me speaking to anybody is that I care about them. I'm not sure I will always use the right words or the right tone. I'm not sure I've always seen the situation clearly, but my motivation for talking to them needs to be that I love them. It's amazing how when you care for somebody, the way you say things and express yourself doesn't get picked on quite as much because the love that you have for them allows you to be who you are and express things the way you are. Those who love are not interested in control. They're interested in the freedom that comes from truth in a person's life. In Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, there's another longer passage that I would like to read. It's the 34th chapter, verses 1 to 12. It's a prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, the ones that are supposed to be watching over the sheep, the ones entrusted with the sheep. As you read God's Word, you realize that those of us who are God's children are considered sheep as well. Verse 1, 34th chapter, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat. You clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, and the sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all other wild beasts. My sheep were scattered, they wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, and none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord, 
Surely, because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. Wow. God's making it clear that shepherds have a responsibility with sheep, but that shepherds will be tempted to use their power and their authority, and even the sheep themselves for themselves to consume themselves. that shepherds would take the position that they have, the entrusted position of shepherd, and abuse it so that their lives could be more what they want them to be. And if the sheep suffer, if they get lost, if they get hurt, if they're skinny, it doesn't matter. As long as the shepherd is taken care of, God says that's not going to fly. And we can't live that way. We have responsibilities in life to not only know the Word of God, not only to share what we know, but to watch over those who have no idea of what God is saying. We are the ones that need to live right so that those who don't live right can see the contrast in those who do. We have a responsibility to do things that will put us in a position to find those who are lost and confused and bring them into the flock where they belong. The church really isn't about people who have it all together. It's about people who don't have it all together. Yet are working at trying to figure out what God's will is and wanting to live in a way that honors and pleases Him. Those who leave the church today often just leave and nobody follows them and nobody looks for them and nobody cares. 
I was talking to a shepherd once. Well, actually, I don't know if he was a shepherd, but he knew many shepherds, and he was from the Middle East. And I wanted him to tell me what he thought about the church in America. And as I talked to him, he said, I will tell you a story. He said, in our country, there are shepherds. And the sheep, they know their shepherd. And the shepherd knows their sheep. And he said, every shepherd has their own call. And he started to make these very interesting calls in the restaurant we were in, which was a little embarrassing, I must admit. But he said whenever the shepherd would do his call, the sheep would take note and go towards the shepherd, for they knew his call. And at night, when all of the sheep were gathered for the overnight stay, the shepherd would look over the flock and he would notice if any of his sheep were missing, but he would also notice if there were any additional sheep. So he needed to know his sheep well enough to know that there was an additional lamb among his sheep. And if he found one that was not his, but was mixed in with his sheep, he would go immediately to that lamb and take it out of the flock. He said he would take that lamb and immediately separate it from the flock and flip it over on its back and check its belly for something I can't remember some kind of disease or something that would be evident. He was looking for some health problems because the shepherd wanted to know what diseases this lamb brought into his flock. See, the shepherd watches over that flock and he knows the diseases that he has fought. He knows what the sheep are resistant to. And he also knows that a lamb from a different flock may introduce diseases that could spread quickly and destroy. That's why he immediately removed the lamb. Then he said he would take the lamb, put it over his shoulder. And you've probably seen pictures of a shepherd walking with a lamb on his shoulders, legs around his neck, holding on with his hands in front of his chest. And he would start walking because he knew where the other shepherds were. And he knew something, he said. He knew that whoever was missing this lamb would be out looking for this lamb. In other words, it wasn't okay that the lamb was in his herd or his flock. It was not okay that he could spend the night the shepherd would be concerned and looking for him, so the other shepherd who found the lamb would be helping out by walking towards where the other flocks were kept. Now, this was not unusual for 
a foreign lamb to be in his flock or others and or for some to be missing and shepherds be out looking for the lambs that were missing. He said, as you went into the areas where the other shepherds were looking for their lambs, you could hear all these distant calls going out. And the shepherd would wait as he carried this lamb, and as soon as the lamb's legs would start to kick and show excitement, he realized that the lamb had heard the call of his shepherd. He, at that moment, could put the lamb down, and that lamb would run to the shepherd that he was supposed to be with, and therefore be returned home. He might go talk to that shepherd and find if there are any different diseases or problems that were in his flock that he would need to be aware of. And then in the restaurant, he looked at me and said, and that's what I think of your church in America. They don't do that. I got the point. We in America, if we're not satisfied with the church or the pastor, we don't like the music, we don't like an elder, we're mad at somebody in some other pew, we leave and we go to another church. It's not like the pastor of that church would look into his congregation and say, there's a lamb here that I don't recognize and go to that lamb and take him away. But perhaps he should. Because in a real way, those who are disgruntled in one church and don't work through it are going to go to another one and be disgruntled. I'm not saying there is no proper reason for leaving a church. But I am saying that when one does leave a church, perhaps the pastors need to communicate with each other and know the diseases that just got brought into their church. You might think that's a harsh statement, when in reality it's a real statement. We know that every person that has ever lived is sinful and if you're leaving a church because you're refusing to listen to the leadership or you're bitter or angry with somebody, it's, it's good that the pastor talks to the other pastor and that he knows what he's getting into. This church thing is not something that is spectator-driven. It's family. It's intimate. The diseases that you bring in to the church can spread easily and quickly. And we all know that some infectious diseases are quite disastrous in time. Wherever you are a leader, you are responsible. 
You're responsible first and foremost to God, the owner of the flock. If you're a parent, you're responsible to God. It's really not about making the things about that flock, about me and my comfort and using the flock so that I could live an enjoyable life, a more abundant life myself at their expense. It's really about making sure that the sheep are healthy and strong and well cared for. The owner of the sheep will make sure that I am cared for. But I shouldn't use the sheep for that. The owner can be clear as to how my care will be administered. It is not okay to shrug our shoulders and ignore what's going on around us and if somebody leaves to pretend it never happened. It's just not the way that God does things and we shouldn't either. Thanks for joining me tonight. This is Dave Wager for Nighttime and the Relate365.com team. A division of Silver Birch Ranch. That'll work. Good night.